in Canada. Today we are recording in a brand new studio. It's like an away game. <laughs> but for me it's kind of like a home game because it's my home. <laughs> Just not where we've been recording lately. So this is going to be Studio B for Buyer. Sure. Oh. <laughs> I like that. Alright, okay. Uh, anyways, I'm Tom and with me as always are Ward, Mike, and Dan. And this time no Steve because he has a little bit of some Nurgle taint going on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that word, taint. It's so amusing. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> let's uh, start things I off. Feel, I don't feel like I need to elaborate on that. That's self-explanatory. Yep, and considering Dan said enough for this episode, let's move on to his favorite segment of what have you been working on this week, uh, Wardo? Uh, well, you and a bunch of other people have been harassing me that I need to catch back up in Bryanson's painting contest. What do you mean catch well, back up? Not you contest, have never even been challenge. on par. No, I, well, the first month I was. Ward really literally close. can't even. Yeah. <laughs> the first month I was really close. You were close, but still not. You know, nobody still believes you, right? What, that I painted? Yeah. There was pictures. There was photograph. There was photographic but Ward, evidence. You still only painted seven points out of a possible ten that you needed to. It's true. I was busy. <laughs> so now, the end of this next month, you're going to have to have a total of 50 points painted, and you're currently sitting at seven. Yeah. I have a lot of jacks, don't worry. Like we talked about earlier, you're, you're like, what are you going to paint up? And I was, I was going to be an asshole. So should say, we, we should have I a jack say this models. Oh. <laughs> and Keeping it classy. I've, <laughs> I've got jacks to paint. I, I so I'm sure jacks I could rub some out. <laughs> I'll use that rub, rub and tug paint that Steve used. Or yeah, <laughs> oh, the rub and buff. Rub and buff. I like rub and tug better. <laughs> oh. That's when you pay someone else to paint your models. <laughs> and then you get to play with them, and, it, and you win, and then it's a happy ending. Exactly. <laughs> We're, we are a very clean podcast. Uh, yeah, this, this episode did not take very long to get into at all. Um, so what have you been working on? So I found all of my War Machine jacks, and uh, <laughs> I, I have rescued them from the dark confines of Styrofoam and foam and all that stuff so styrofoam and foam and foam they were packed in different places okay all right this so, is more than one kind of foam and still There's. in the box by the sound of it no because they're packed no, with all plastic the jack, all the jacks are built oh, okay yeah Good. i i have cavalry that are still okay yes i'll give you that if you needed so. to build it it would have been built we'll yeah. need, need, a fucking, need a fucking electron microscope to find those mold lines bitch. those jacks are so clean clean as a whistle so and uh, naked in their prime. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I've been... So you're thinking about painting some War Machine models. Well, the problem is that I also bought an Xbox One, so yeah. Mike, come on. you got to have something. You can't even here. play Borderlands pre-sequel on that. I know, but I already have Borderlands pre-sequel, so I've been playing <laughs> that too. Don't worry. Uh, but I'm going to paint more of that and then go from there. So. Okay. Sure. I've been Mr. ADD... This last couple of weeks, I started some Malifaux and went to some drop zone. Then started doing scenery and then a little bit of 
War Machine, and yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Nothing, only one thing finished, but uh, I was all over the place. But you've actually got progress on things, and you did finish that piece of scenery for yes, the Trophy Wars. Yes, yeah. it's done. We all saw that pretty picture. Finally, I, the terrain is my bane. I hate, I hate painting, I hate making it. But you, you need it. Well, then we might have some solutions for you coming yeah. up. <laughs> in, stu- in Studio B, we should come and build some terrain one night. Yeah. Just have little bits of styrofoam all over my house yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Lot of us yeah that's... Hey, you know, Overspray. Yeah. 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 That's good. Right. It's perfect. Because I don't actually own this place. So. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody else's problem. The best kind of problem. <laughs> but, uh... So, Dan, what have you done? Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> we all know the answer. That was scorn. I, I, I painted some edges on a space marine the other day. You were there. Yeah. I painted for yeah. like 20 whole minutes. It's a step in the right direction. It's 20 minutes more yeah. than the last three months. Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. That's really true, isn't it, though? Yeah, I've done some random assembly and all kinds of other shenanigans, but very little actual paint since the end of the painting challenge. So, hmm. yeah, it's uh, finally starting to come around a little bit. We've got uh, some setup for, like, the social painting area of the new place. Or as some people would refer to it as romantic painting. Yes. I don't know if you saw that comment. The little romantic painting nook. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that was Rob. That's Rob. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah, and I uh, definitely can't argue with that. It was it was a very uh, romantic evening. The stools. Watching Wayne's World and uh, tr- allegedly painting models. The stools are side by side, so you can hold hands easily. So. Yeah. Uh, the gentle touching is a lot easier. <laughs> the caressing of the thigh. <laughs> But, yeah, so I, I got, like, 20 whole minutes of painting on my chapter master done. He was mostly done before, so he's really mostly done now. I played a lot of video games from the 90s. That's That's got to count for something. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I, honestly, since the last podcast, which has only been a week, actually, because we had the extra one for Onslaught. The After Hours episode that actually was publishable. Yep. Yes. Which is insanity. Uh, I guess all I've done is assemble some scenery from foreground and paint a bunch of models that I don't get to keep. Yay! Yay commission painting! <laughs> so. Isn't, isn't that rewarding? It is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the most rewarding part is when he gave me my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's Dr. Accent? Nick from like 20 years ago. <laughs> Surprisingly good Dr. Nick. I was thinking like a really bad Super Mario for some reason. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> okay, so on the topic of money, uh, Ward, who are you going to tell to shut up and give you money this week? Well... Or, no, shut up and take your money this week. Shut, shut up, up and give me money. <laughs> that's way better. No, what did we think of this no, sooner? No, no, no that, that's a felony. <laughs> uh, me and Dan were talking about this a little bit earlier, and I would have to agree scum and villainy now with all the new uh, little teasers that they're showing out. Um, you're not gonna see it till next year. You know. I that. know, I know, but you're like, not, not even as soon as it comes out. Like the nice thing is, all the stuff that they've spoiled so far is for like the Fire Spray, the Hawk 290, the Y Wing, the Z95 ships that already exist. Yeah. So it's just new upgrades, so you can play test the shit out of things, have a lot of experience with your force, so that you're ready to go as soon as it's tournament official. So I think it's actually going to be pretty cool. The the one fire spray guy that can drop the bombs with uh, the three ventry. templates, including oh. the hard three turn. Yeah, can fucking drop bombs around corners. Isn't that the one that can also take three bombs? Yes, he can yeah. take three bombs instead of one. Yeah. yeah. And the Andrastra, the ship with that title, like it has the the card art is like a picture of a Twi'lek pinup girl painted on the side of the ship. 
Because that's the fluff for the ship. It has a dancing girl on the side. Do you think we're gonna they're gonna fab that one, or is that something we're gonna have to freehand ourselves? Uh, the model, I'm sure. The model um, actually doesn't come with that set. It's the the fire spray cards are in the um, the most wanted set that has the Z95 and the Y wing. Oh, okay. So it comes with new rules and new cards to like retrofit the, some of the old ships as well. But it doesn't have a fire spray in there no. with the new paint job. The Y wing and the. Uh, Z95. Those ones are repaints yeah. to yeah, go with Scum and Villain. Very different color schemes. They have the iconography from the, the Black Sun gang, I think, on them. Or some, mm-hmm. Something like cool. that. So, but yeah. Not uh, the Blue Sun, because that's, you know, that's Firefly. Firefly. So basically, Fantasy Flight Games can shut up and wait to take your money. <sighs> shut up and Honestly, take my pre-order. <laughs> they, if they want my money, they just have to like give me some models. That's, that's the arrangement. That's uh, normally how that works. Usually. Unless it's Kickstarter. <laughs> that's that's a different topic for a different time. Yeah, we'll topic, talk about so. that more another time. Mike, what about you? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Morty. I really want to get my hands on that. Morty? Morty. 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 <laughs> and I want to paint him up. I, I think the Forge Roll model looks so, gorgeous. It's the so crazy. dirty in here, Morty. <laughs> Some sort of man-reaping device. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I saw that coming. But yeah, how is it possible that this is the first... Primark that any of us is picking up because Angron came out was that like what two years ago or something a while ago and nobody like, has anything Steve I think just ordered Vulcan if I'm only not because mistaken. I or- ordered Morty yeah like um, I'm still waiting for Perch Robo I mean, I'm waiting for Rogan Rogel Rogel Rogan? Joe Rogan Joe Rogan that's awesome <laughs> You'd be oh really goodness. short and kind of mm, funny let me just have <laughs> some more of this pop <laughs> <laughs> Alright, yes. Rogel Doran. There you go. That's who I'm waiting for. You need to paint up Rogel Doran like Joe Rogan. (laughs) I smell crack, Joe Rogan. (laughs) Okay, I really hope the mic picked that up. (laughs) Probably did. Um, Okay, so... This is going to be a good one. Uh, for me, it's awkward because, again, these, the Scum and Villainy stuff looks awesome. I've already pre-ordered it, so somebody already took my money. Oh. And Forge World would have taken my money, but Steve didn't wait for me to respond when he was like, hey, I'm just short of getting free shipping from Forge World. And like an hour later, he's like, ha ha, lol, already, already shipped, it's too late. And I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> totally, oh, totally would have got some golfer back, or maybe uh, what's his nut, Urgar. Well, December, December. Will be yes, December. we will have our vengeance in December. Mm-hmm. It'll be awesome. Okay, so much for world. And I guess for me, it's kind of going to be a little bit of uh, a tie into the topic for the rest of the episode. I finally picked up some foreground scenery, some of the western buildings, and they look amazing when put together, and they're super easy to put together. And they're going to be wicked from Alpha. So I'm just, I've already bought the one building and four outhouses, and I've got more that, have, that are going to be arriving in time for you to pick them up tomorrow or three days ago. Three. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on whether you've hacked my laptop and are listening to this in advance. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, we've, we've got the one piece here right now, and it's actually really. Hold it up to the microphone. Here, can you, can you hear this? Sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess before we get into our main topic, we do have a paint action shout-out. And this week it's going to go to Mr. David Rowland for taking paints and models on an airplane. And painting. 
on the airplane. Yeah. <laughs> what he painted? I didn't. Did know you not see that picture? I saw the picture, but I I thought he was traveling somewhere and then was painting, not painting on the. No, airplane. That no, that was that was on the airplane. That was like the folding tray table on the back of the seat in front of him <laughs> that had like a dreadnought sized whatever ship on it, like so badass. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Painting dystopian wars while flying. Do we was that like that's, transcontinent like where the where was he flying to? Do we know? I have no idea, but if it was somewhere like Calgary, it's even bonus points. If it's like a forty minute flight, that would be <laughs> epic. <laughs> I can I can paint this boat up in forty minutes. Done. I, that ranks up there just like playing Blood Bowl at the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> playing Blood Bowl on the floor while waiting for Lord of the Rings. Oh my god. Oh, mandatory yeah. staff campaigns. No, that's awesome. <laughs> on the flight. I wonder what his neighbors thought. Uh, he had the window seat, at <laughs> who least. Is, who is this guy? What is he doing? And I think it was even the Ottoman, like, crazy walker Yeah, carrier. the carrier walker. Oh, yeah, because we the were... The one t- I magnetized for you. Yeah, uh, we were talking about magnetizing it, so I know that he was excited to work on it. Okay, that's awesome. Man. So, good job for you for finding time to paint in all the wrong places. <laughs> yep, that is dedication, sir. <laughs> uh, okay, so our main topic for today, we're going to be actually talking about a bunch of different scenery products out there at different companies, uh, either making pre-painted, pre-assembled, all the way down to the stuff that you got to assemble and paint yourself, uh, and the pros and the cons, and what to look for for the different companies that we're going to be talking about. Yes. So, to get things started, uh, we may as well start with the industry standard uh, for a lot of the guys listening, which probably Games Workshop. It's it's the most common, uh, accessible type of terrain that I think is out there right now. So, a lot of smaller independent companies are coming up. But GW never initially made a lot of terrain. Like, they had the injection foam stuff to start off with. Yeah, those weird limited amazing. print run things. Yeah. And yeah. then... Uh, Still have some of that. It's not bad. Usually, you only got it at Christmas time, too. And then they started really coming out with their own uh, building supplies, the... Um, the trees you have to paint yourself. Because yeah. I, I heard part of the reason was they were tired of us making our own terrain out of, like, foam. They're like, we could make money off of this, so let's... Come really? up with terrain, yeah. So that, so then they started releasing kits and everything like that. I mean, to be fair, like the kits are universal and and really you're able to utilize them, right? Because you can really yeah, a lot of them are, your way. A lot of them are very modular. Obviously, they the different kits in the same range work well together. Like the empire buildings and whatnot. If you have some fantasy bits lying around, you can customize them and do cool conversions. Yep. yep. So at the end of the day, it's still a really good product to have. A lot of their stuff looks really good. Oh yeah, it's, it has a quite high quality. But I do have one big complaint. Not it's, enough skulls. No, no. <laughs> it's either Empire or it's the Space Marines. There's no Eldar. There's they no had a limited no release Eldar. of Orc barricades at one point six years ago. I bought the shit out of them. I've got a set. <laughs> so they can and... go in my second edition Orc Fortress, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Cardboard for the win. Yeah, no, you're definitely... That's a very valid uh, complaint. Like, don't get me wrong. Beautiful stuff. Really nice, but it's for two... F- one faction? Really? It's yeah. it's for humans. Yeah. That's that's it. They don't Prejudiced. Any, and they genetically don't enhanced humans and... That may or may not have genitals. I wish, <laughs> they, would, I wish they would just tell us. <laughs> Why does it matter? Are they packing? <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> okay, the answer would be yes. For one reason, one reason alone. They start as humans. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they would let them cut off their balls to become a space marine? 
you don't have the if you're becoming a space marine, it's just like you're becoming a space marine. You don't have you don't have the option to like, oh, I don't want that implant. Yeah, okay, I'll take that one. Like if they tell no, you that you're coming like, off your ball, do they just not tell them ahead of time? Like you get to be the greatest of the Imperium. P.S. Close your balls. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Anyway, no, let's not talk about oh, this. <laughs> but it's very fertile ground for discussion. Just because or is it? Oh, just because the new Tyranid dropship oh. looks like a cancerous testicle doesn't mean we can talk hey, about balls. That's my joke. No, <laughs> stop stealing my shit. <laughs> Stuff it's also a too. scientific fact, so I don't know if I can really claim it. <laughs> it looks like a cancer ball. <laughs> okay, anyways. So, uh, getting back to the Games Workshop scenery. Uh, I think it's really good if you're using it for Games Workshop games. So right now they've got lots of Imperial buildings. They've got trees. They've got hills still? Their hills are the still? worst hills on the market. The weird slanty hills that models just kind of shuffle down over the course of time as you play. Yeah. Um, then they also have all the towers for fantasy. Yep. The broken tower, the full tower, the... All made man. by humans. tower with the skeleton doing the, like, fucking smoke signals or whatever. The YMCA dance. Oh, that one, okay. There I, is... was, I was thinking the big manse thing that you... Oh, Skullvane Mance, which is fantastic. Yeah. You should uh, finish painting, like, the last two pieces. Yeah, there's, like, a tiny <laughs> bit of dry brushing to do on the telescope and it would be done. <laughs> and there's, no, but there's one piece that's still plastic and you didn't even prime yet. Oh, yeah, a little bit of stone, yeah. Because uh, the way I built it, you can have it with or without it, so I just don't put it on there because it's not painted. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, there is there is some gorgeous stuff in the fantasy range. The, um, what's it called? The Garden of Moor, the cemetery set, is also that. fantastic. I don't have that one, actually. That. I don't, it's not super practical for fantasy gaming because it's, like, a fence with densely packed shit on the inside, so you can't really place any models. Mm -hmm. But for other game systems, like for a Malifaux or something like that, where it's some random fences, some little tiny, little like relic buildings with presumably dead people inside. It's yeah, cemetery. You, get, you get mausoleums. You've got gravestones. Um, it's a great piece of scenery. And the one thing is that scenery is probably the only thing that Games Workshop prices remotely reasonably. Yeah, at the end of the day, a lot of those scenery kits are in that like thirty to forty dollar price range, which is entirely reasonable. And the the bigger kits like the Fortress of Redemption, such like one hundred and ten, hundred. 100, 110, something like that. Something like that. But that's but, I mean, huge. It's, it's, it's a huge. big oh, yeah. piece. Right? Yeah. So. It's a mother load. <laughs> but even some, even some of the large stuff for fantasy. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> like that, <laughs> that, ruined, um, that ruined chaos temple for fantasy that's like got the gigantic skulls on it. I, I can't oh, remember on top called. of the hill. But it's the one that's like, it's a hill itself and then there's... Well, it's a hill of skulls with a skull on top of the hill. Yeah. yeah. But whatever yeah. the hell it's called... That thing is huge, and again, it's like $40. It is very reasonable. Yeah. And again, a lot of their stuff is fairly modular. Like, you get the set with the, I think the Arcane Runes, which has like the Stonehenge kind of yes. uh, little obelisks and stuff like that, where a lot of those combine well with the other kits. Or you can just put them on like the MDF piece of like hardboard and have like just like a freestanding Stonehenge circle type of thing. They have some really, really good scenery, and it's unfortunately, it is fairly specific to their game systems. So it doesn't always port over beautifully, but uh, at the end of the day, it is good quality stuff. It is, you know, it's plastic, it's easy to work with, it's familiar. It's it's good quality, it's convertible. Um, Size-wise, like the footprint for the cost, I think is pretty reasonable too. Like uh, yep. $40 for a building and it'll cover, 
at least a square foot of the table. Depend, depending on what you want to do, like if it's modular, right? Because I mean, you could make one huge building which won't take up a big footprint, but it'll be it'll be high, really like line of sight blocking. Or you can spread out and have like lots of like little like section broken walls, that sort of thing, right? So I, I think it's one of the. It's a benefit for it in terms of uh, like Games Workshop games, but it's one of the downsides. Uh, is actually how large a lot of the 40k in fantasy scenery is mm-hmm. for playing games like War Machine, where you don't want really large pieces of scenery on the board because they actually make it harder to play the game. Yeah, you just yeah. have a gigantic dead spot where there there can't be any models placed. It's impassable terrain in a lot of cases. And so, I think at the end of the day, for me, it's great scenery. It's reasonably priced for what it is, but the downside for everything other than the stands of trees. Is that it? And the Gardens of Moor, which is the amazing set, it doesn't really apply to anything outside of Fantasy or Forty K. Yeah, it's it's very limited to those game systems specifically. Like, I mean, scale wise works, but it's gonna be big, big pieces that you don't want for those smaller skirmish games necessarily, right? So, I think it's limited to yeah, Forty K. No, it is. It's definitely limited to Forty K and Fantasy. There's only a couple of things that can go back and forth between the different systems. So. For 40k, awesome. For anything else, hey. So for you guys, if if we're going to take this to kind of kind of wrap it up and put it in the context of... Oh, what? I didn't say nothing. Oh, you're just staring, <laughs> you were just staring at the computer. I was just moping because I was going to say something and then you started talking and I decided then to be podium something. sad. It's oh. it, the moment has passed, Tom. <clears throat> Tom, if you don't know what you did wrong, he's not going to tell you. Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> Do not go there. Um, no, but... Let's just bring this, because we're going to be talking about a lot more companies. Uh, yes. And let's take it to uh, kind of thinking about it in relativity to how much it costs, how much effort it takes to make it look good, and maybe even how versatile the scenery is. How many pucks would you guys give it? Out of five. Oh, you're, obviously. Looking, you're looking at me first. Okay. Well, you don't have to. You, like, we could look over you to Mike. Uh, easily. It's okay. easy to look over Ward. He's all smart. right. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Do it. Okay. Three. And the reason why is it's really good. Nice footprint, but... You gotta know how to paint. You've gotta be able to paint half decently if you want to look nice. And it's only those systems that it really goes down to. If it was more versatile, I'd give it a higher rating. Yeah, I'll definitely agree with that. For every significant pro that you have, there is a corresponding limitation. Like the modularity is great, but it means that they are a little bit generic at the same time. So you can use anything for it, but it's not necessarily gonna work perfectly for anything. Um, they have a decent size and aesthetic, but they don't really fit for their game systems. It's hard to give it any more or less than a three. They're good for what they're intended to be, and they're not very practical for other purposes. I, I have to go with a three. I almost think I got to go for a two on these ones because for two reasons. Uh, one, uh, they're hills, which is should be a staple piece of scenery. I'm not sure how you mess up a hill as bad as they continually mess up hills. Like, they, they fuck up hills more aggressively than any other hill I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's absurd. So that, that one, and then the other thing is that um, you do have to put a lot of work into these model kits. And they are high detailed. Um, Which, the, again, is a pro and a con. They look great, but it takes more effort. And a lot of their detail is in such a fashion where I feel like their scenery is harder to just hit with the one or two quick passes to make it look really good, you've actually got to put in a lot more effort. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a two and a half, like just below the three, because the hills are hard to reconcile. The fact that the trees take almost more effort to assemble and paint than most other scenery that's out there is absurd. They do look pretty cool, though. But yeah, it's it's an unnecessary amount of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm going to go with a three for this one, just because we all have to agree except one person. So that would be Tom already taking. We don't have to. <laughs> no, I I agree. Like you're you're going to have to put time and effort into these uh, pieces of terrain to paint to to make look halfway decent. Because I've seen some that are just sprayed one color, and it, and it doesn't really do when you do justice when you do put the work in when you do put the work in it pays off but it is a high investment that you have to put in exactly so i mean like versatility again it comes down to cleaning parts and all that good stuff so and making sure that you've got it all fitted correctly and you know what i'm gonna make mine down to a two because i just remembered something i almost cut off my finger building some of that fucking scenery Look at, look at my finger right now. Is that for building scenery? Yeah, I was, clean, I was cleaning scenery at work. No, Ward, but you remember when you took me to the hospital? Yeah. <laughs> Tom's not allowed to use knives for the next six months. What? That was the Inquisition for, like city fight building, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm remembering this shit now. It was a cool Is that the one that we did? Yeah, no. I think it was just after my time. Yeah, it was after Dan's time. But I do remember the piece of scenery. No, this was the really big one that had the, the mutant holding cell that was broken out of and had the big inquisitorial icon oh, in the middle. Oh, for some reason I was thinking the big shrine that we did with the Sisters of Battle and the Falling Statues. That was pretty badass. Yeah, but that wasn't pre-made. No, and I also didn't <laughs> almost cut my finger off on that one. You can still see the scar. <laughs> okay. Anyways, any other final comments for the Games Workshop stuff? Um, if you're starting out, it's it's super handy because again, it's already right there. But, but at the same time, it's not easy because you gotta be able to paint half decently to make yeah, it look again. Good. Work on your models first; terrain will come after. For yes, sure. absolutely. There's there's enough places that you can go play with or terrain already existing that you don't have to have it as a priority. And if at the end of the day, if you play just like nothing but 40k and fantasy. It does the job perfectly because that's what it's you know it's, that's what it's for. It is designed for it. It is literally designed for it. So okay, so I think going from Games Workshop, a really good follow up would actually be uh, Gale Force Nine and their Battlefield in a Box line. Battlefield in a box. Which I'm going to go on a limb and say is probably the best scenery line out there. From a tournament organizer standpoint, I would probably have to agree with that because it looks good, it's cheap, and it's ready to go right out of the box. What more could you possibly ask for? And it's super versatile and has a bunch of different variants. There's the only downside with this stuff is that they do limited runs of their of their scenes. So if you want something, you have to buy it now because it could be a year until something comparable shows up again. Yeah, because I I missed a couple things on the last production run, so I made sure that everything on this run. I have already. Yeah, I put yeah, in a so. I put in a decent sized order. The last time I picked up Battlefield in a box, it was like a half dozen pieces. Like at the end of the day, it was only like one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, which was multiple decent sized city fight buildings, multiple sets of hills, and like some of the rocky outcroppings and stuff like that. And every one of those kits that is like fantasy compatible, like non buildings, basically, they all comes with like multiple sets of static grass and different colors and everything in there. Yep. They're a fantastic buy. Like I can't get enough of their stuff. I it's think, great. I think dollar wise they're typically a little bit under GW's uh, yeah. price point. Oh, they're a lot under GW's price point. So well some of their bigger structures. some of their bigger Depending items are in that thirty five dollar price right? range. But if they're you're looking for something with similar footprint. But I also yeah. really like that they've got like a lot of twenty five dollar sets like the Rocky Outcrops. Absolutely crystals. Swamps, yeah, the $25 is really nice, too, because then you're just like, oh, you don't even... 
think about it, you're just like, ah, oh, 25 bucks, here you go. And it's painted. And, and, and it's painted. And the only stuff of theirs that's not pre-painted are those, like, crystal formations and all the different colors of resin. Yes. Which, those look really cool, too. They don't necessarily work for every game system, but I think they look really cool. Like, if you get the blue ice crystals and you have a space wolf army, just, like, random icy crystals that match all your, you know, Hellfrost and all the other shenanigans yeah. yeah. in your army. Like, and if you have a Skaven army... Yeah, Warpstone with the warp green, stone green. Also yeah. with the Now there's only the purple ones that are currently available. The, the which is good if you have fucking crystals. Transformers. The Energon Crystals. They're yeah. called Energon Crystals. They're actually called Energon. They're how, called yeah. Energon I was going to say, how, don't they, how do they not get sued? But it's Transformers Energon. has been around for a long ass time. Yeah, and even then, it's it's one of those things like Games Workshop would threaten to sue you over something like Rhino Doors, but whether or not it actually go through is another question. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, for a beginner looking to get terrain for their boards... I would say Battlefield Box is the way to go for sure. So, yep. uh, even as a tournament organizer, like I've bought a lot. I know that out of the basement. Oh, a dude, lot. we've bought a ton of this stuff. Right. Yeah. So, the only downside is transporting. I would say it's, it's heavy. heavy. Yeah. It's heavy. <laughs> so, if you're if you're looking to pick up a bunch, I would suggest smaller size Rubbermaid. But totes. let's be honest too. We're talking about multiple tables. Most people just have to worry about Yeah, yeah we're trying to support table. like 50 odd tables for So gaming. that's why it's I'm, really I'm, heavy. Just so people don't get carried away. You oh, can't it's too heavy. It's like, yeah, no, can't no, Can't even no. pick up a paintbrush. It's like for 40 tables. That's why. It is. No, 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 for sure. Um, but like, like you were saying too, like production run is very like limited. So if you find like something that you like. Buy it now. Buy it now. Yeah. Uh, a lot of their stuff is fairly generic I found. Um, so the nice thing is it does work for multiple systems. I've had it for 40k Fantasy and War Machine. And Dystopian Wars. The Rocky Outcrops yeah. is, is quite possibly... Wars. It's unavailable now, so haha. But it's quite possibly the single best piece of scenery I've ever bought in my life. They're well, just ready-made little islands. Yeah, they are. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. Or, li- or little we obstructions. Used, we used the... What was it? The Plateau... But well, there was the plateau obstructions that are poo mounds. The poo yes, mounds. the little poops are so good. But <laughs> so I found, good. I found that that worked okay. Like we had, I think it was two boxes worth for. Well, yeah, but they'll lead the same thing. That leads to a good point as well. Like their um, their little poops were really good for this, but also their other rocky um, like hill formations, which they have large hill, medium hill. They have different sizes available, but they do have those larger, flatter areas where you can place your models more easily. Like, if you have a fantasy movement tray or something like that, mm-hmm. it's not, like, tipping over and all the other stuff. Like, it, I found a lot of their hills are flat enough to actually be practical while still offering all those elevation differences. And also, the, the really neat thing about it, too, is that some of the really large ones actually have a tapered step to get up to the very top. So, from a game standpoint, you can talk to your opponent and be like, obviously, climbing up four inches would be very complicated, but, like, vertically. But if there's actually this gradient that you could go up a little bit at a time that wouldn't be rough terrain yeah depending on what side you you approach the hill from and such um i also found that those ones are really good for dystopian in this case because things flying over the the outcrops and such right worked out really good so are we is that everything uh i i just really want i can't reiterate enough how versatile a lot of this stuff is and especially the rocky outcroppings like as a guy that plays a lot of War Machine, a lot of Malifaux. Every once in a while I play Fantasy and 40K and Dystopian Wars. They work amazingly for every single one of those games. The Pretty much everything but X-Wing. The greatest game system yeah. of all time. Could you use the Asteroids for X-Wing? Um, the, as, the, ax, the X-Wing Asteroids, I don't know what Asteroids are. 
But um, the X-Wing asteroids kind of have a weird irregular shape, and the, um, the Gale Force 9 ones, they don't have... Like, some of them are, like, half the rock that sits flat on the table, and some of them have flying stands. Yeah. And they're not the same size and shape as the tokens, so it's a little awkward. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here. You can, and the, the way that you can do this is... Uh, I, I forget the, f- the company's name. I bought a mat from them before. Oh, I can't think of it. But they'll... Deep cut? No, no. Um, it was the big space mat that I bought before. They do Corsac? That's it. Corsac Engineering. Um, they actually have templates cut out in the shapes of the asteroids for X-Wing. And they are flying stands. And then you basically just okay. put the rock on from Gale Force 9, and there you go. Oh, that's cool. So that's a way to use the pre-existing okay. terrain that's and, interesting. and that sort of thing. But you have to, yeah, like Dan was saying, it's already... Pre- in a in a very specific shape, so you have to make sure you have that as well. Okay, as fair enough. So that is one game that they do not work for. A hundred percent, but I mean, like if you're using them in Firestorm, yeah, not a problem. So, awesome. uh, ratings for this stuff. Battlefield in the box, I would give a five, um, just because again, cost wise, comparable or a little bit cheaper. It's already pre-painted. And painted reasonably well. There's multiple yeah. colors, a decent dry brush on them, and you and it comes with static grass. Like multiple colors. Every yeah. kit comes if, with two or three. If, if you want minimal like, tank traps look really good. If if you want God, to I wish they still them, made those. I've got two sets. I've only got one set. It's a problem. <laughs> it's not enough. Um, cost wise, like I said, it was good. Good for beginners. It's it's the train that you want to get as a beginner for sure. Uh, it'll take up a decent sized footprint. Yeah. Or a small one, or if you get the oak croppings. Yeah, depending on what you're looking for for a game. I'm going to actually go with five as well. It's like you said, it's versatile. You can use it in multiple systems. It's done and pre-painted for you. There's very little work that you have to worry about. It's slap on the table and go. I mean, what more can you ask for? Yeah, for me, if you can actually get your hands on the product that you want, it's easily a five. It's tempting to give it like maybe a four or four and a half just because there are availability issues that I've been burnt by previously. There are some things that I would dearly like to have in my collection that match previous purchases and stuff that I just cannot get. Yep. So it's if you can actually get the product you want, it's really good quality and it's really inexpensive. But there are those issues. It is something to keep an eye out for. Uh, yeah, four and a half. Four and a half? Yep. I gotta I'm give it a stickler for it here. I gotta give it a five just oh. because it, it like every reason you guys said. But for me the single biggest thing about it is that they make scenery that seems like the developers thought about how you're going to use it in a game yeah, it's, before it, they put it together. It's not just aesthetic, it's practical. Well, not put it together before they cast it, because it's like one piece. Well, but you know what I mean, right? Like it's, <laughs> this is the, and I'm going to go ahead and say, this is the only scenery that I've ever played with that feels well thought out before it's produced. Not okay. just from how it looks, but how you're going to interact with it when you're gaming. Yep. It actually, they do for Flames of War too, and that's all very... Practical. You can lift off the roofs. You can put your troops in there. Everything is yeah. Done. The Flames of War though stuff is very specific for Flames of War because it's a different scale, right? But yeah. I mean, this scale. Well, yeah, you, you still use it for any fifteen mil, any fifteen mil game. Okay. Yeah. No, I know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> honestly, I got to give it a five for the fact that it is the most easily to interact with when playing games. Awesome. So, there we go. Uh, moving on from Battlefield in the Box, uh, let's talk about another comparable company to Battlefield in the Box which would be Pegasus. So these guys do a mixture of pre-painted and non-pre-painted scenery, uh, and it ranges anywhere from linear obstacles like walls and hedges. Some of the modular building kits. Um, they do cool things like a wizard's tower and 
various stuff like that. I think I've seen it's the black packaging altar. with the red. Yeah, it's, you have. Yeah, they they've got like a chaos altar or something yep. like that. Yep. I've seen that. I don't own any, um, but from what I've seen uh, in the store, because you can, they've got I think a clear portion that you can actually see the piece itself. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Um, painting quality was really good. Um, cost seemed very comparable to again uh, Gale Force Nine and such. Yep. Um, but I haven't used it in the game. I don't know the versatility. So. I've played around some of it. The One of the tournaments I went to a while ago for... It was a while ago because it was for Warhammer Fantasy. Jesus. But um, there were some of the, the Wizard's Tower in the center of one of the tables I played on. Yep. And it was the one where it kind of has the spiral staircase around the outside. And it's just... It was a really cool piece of scenery. And we actually used it as a Wizard's Tower in the game. So, like, Wizard within three inches of it, I think, became, like, a... What is it called? Lore Master? Yeah. For his given spell deck. So... It was really practical. It had it tied directly into the game system. It looked good. It was one of those things where I spent like a week after that looking to find one in the local shops, and they didn't didn't happen to have one in stock, so I never got one. But but yeah, it's like the one one or two times I have played on it, it has been pretty good quality scenery for sure. I guess the biggest thing for me, the only reason I would say I like this stuff less than the Battlefield in the Box, is that they don't have as complete of a range. They've kind of got a smattering of weird little things. Like, there's the Wizard's Tower, there's the Chaos Altar. Um, I think they had a set of, like, cacti and stuff, which was yeah. kind of cool, because who the hell else makes but cacti? The, but the cacti looks pretty crappy. Yeah, but I I didn't have a lot of choice. I didn't buy them, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, they're, the on, one they're on the thing, list. The I one thing they up. do that's really good is they have a lot of really good walls and hedges. Okay. Um, they do, like, sandbags and that kind of thing, and it's typically, you know, in that $20... Well, oh, there's, like, stacks of crates and stuff like that, too? Yeah. Yeah. And it's around the $15 to $25 for uh, anywhere from about five to eight pieces of the scatter scenery, which is pretty fantastic. And that stuff's pre-painted. Uh, I really like it a lot. We've got a lot of that stuff for the club. We use it for War Machine a lot because yep. linear obstacles play in really well into that game. And you can... Yeah, it's pre-painted. It's cheap. The only downside is that it doesn't have quite as many of the more generic scenery pieces like the hills, the trees, the rocks, as the Battlefield in the Box does, which are the things that you're going to be wanting to buy more of, especially uh, if you're going to be trying to do multiple tables. It's the things that you can build on your own, but, you know, for the quality you get from the Battlefield in the Box, for the price, and if you're buying it from anywhere in a large quantity, like we do for tournaments, you probably are going to get some kind of a discount somewhere. So Yeah, when you're buying like $1,000 or more at a time, you get a bit of a deal. Yeah, so I would probably... Moving on to pucks for this stuff, I'd probably give it like a four and a half or a four just for lack of variety. Um, yeah, I'd say the same thing. They do seem to have a lot more of the, almost like the centerpiece. They have some of the scatter. They have some of the fancier, like the Wizard's Tower and whatnot. They don't necessarily have all your staples. It is, yeah, I'd say it's almost on par with the Battlefield in a Box, but comes up a little shy. Four sounds just about perfect for me. I'm going to do a puck off to Ward because uh, <laughs> I actually haven't had a lot of experience with this hot. <laughs> It's called Pass. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Passing the book. Um, I, I haven't worked with it personally, but I mean, just what I'm like looking at, uh, I'm going to say 3.5. Um, to me, the, the, the 40K kind of inspired terrain, still you're going to have to uh, do a little bit of painting on that, I know. The pre-painted stuff looks good, but again, it's very like limited. It's not an extensive range. Uh, it's very limited again. Um, cost wise, I mean, it's still comparable. It's nothing that like jumps out like Battlefield in a box. It doesn't have 
to me at least the the wider ranges of pricing and uh, the col not not collector's edition what I'm thinking of um, the limited production run like they've had what they have but they haven't expanded their range at all yeah I don't think I've actually seen anything much in the way of new products from Pegasus for a, probably five years yeah it's not that I've really followed them that closely but it doesn't seem like they're pumping out the products on the same regular basis that some of the other competitors do so yeah, but that's a legitimate it, point but if, at the same time if you saw it and you liked it you can still buy it they, yep. <laughs> I mean they, they have like, that. they have like a lot of like little baggies of like stone that you can build your own like walls and that sort of thing and uh, I don't know they actually now that I think about it they do have really cool cottages as well but they're a little more expensive yeah there's a couple of them they're okay they're not they're not crazy expensive but I mean it's they're not blowing you away, I no. guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, all right. So that crosses that company off our list. Uh, have you guys dealt much with uh, Zeterdas? I think it's pronounced. Mm, are you casting a spell? I've never heard that before. Okay. <laughs> Zeterdas! Uh, well, I guess we'll just mention it. Uh, Dan, are you familiar with it at all? Not at all. <laughs> okay. This is another company that does stuff very similar to Battlefield in the Box and Pegasus, only it's more expensive and it looks shittier. So <laughs> That's a great combination. <laughs> Two! I'll give it a two! So, it's one of those things, in a pinch, if you need some more scenery, it's cool, I guess, but uh, I'll just say, if you're looking to get some stuff and you see that first, maybe try another shop to try and find the battlefield in the box. Uh, okay. So, getting into a little bit more of the specific stuff, we've actually had a little bit more experience in the last uh, few weeks or so dealing with some more of the MDF scenery. Yes. Absolutely. Especially the Spartan one, and specifically. So, Mike, you've been building a lot of that lately. Tell us about it. It is one of those things where you definitely put it together before you do anything else. Because if you paint this stuff before you put it together, you're not putting it together anymore. It's it's very tight fit. I think it's to within a couple of thou. Uh, one one thousand. Sorry, that's one or two one thousandths of an inch fit. So it's it's, it's almost tight. it's tight. It's, it's, it's squeaking by. <laughs> and, uh, but, I mean, once you get it together, it's probably not going to come together part once you prime it. That's it. It's like a glue seal probably over it. Over hmm. So what about the, like, the quality of it? How does the it quality, look? The quality is actually pretty good. I think there could be a little more detail. But, like you said, it's laser etched MDF. So there's only so much I think they can do with it. Uh, but you get some pretty funky looking shapes and stuff out of it. And... They definitely have some really cool modular designs yeah, as well. And like you can build things interlocking of different scale, and if you don't glue it together, well, apparently if you paint it, it might not fit together afterwards, but <laughs> the way they advertise it on the site is you can reconfigure things on oh, yeah. the fly and like have different it, configurations. You, you can't right? see from here, but the kit is actually composed of like seven or eight different pieces of modular terrain that you don't glue, or even if you paint it, they're loose enough that they fit normally. I was actually talking about the actual walls when they fit together in the balconies. The stuff that doesn't come apart, you've got to do that differently. But uh, because it's so modular, you buy one or two kits and you can get a really wide range of different buildings and different feels for the whole thing. Absolutely. The only problem is, is this is all going to be sci-fi. It's not going to translate to fantasy at all. It's You're looking at 40K. You're looking at an infinity... Like Necromunda. Necromunda! Necromunda, <laughs> stuff yep. like that. Absolutely. It's, it's got to be science fiction. That game's making a comeback. That's that's the. Big I don't know about that. that. I have two gangs. <laughs> I bought a lot of gangs recently for that game from like random ex-staffers mostly, because who else has like a giant bag of rat skins? 
Mostly staff. <laughs> and Mike. And, and Mike. And Mike. Um, I agree. It's it's very sci-fi orientated, um, so you're going to be limited for which game systems you play if you're going to look at Spartan games. It's weird. Like, Does Spartan actually have a game system that works with the scenery? Yes. It's just not okay. selling that. No, do they, do they even have one yet? It's for the... Uh, it, it, isn't it for Dystopian and no. for uh, Firestorm? Isn't Does Far- it? Oh, Firestorm doesn't Firestorm. have a 28 mil game oh, yet. Oh, that's yeah. right. Because okay. the understand. only 28 mil game they make is for Dystopian so, Wars, yeah. which is total Dyst- Victorian Dyst- era. Yeah. Dystopian Legions. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of weird. They came out with this really extensive, modular, multiple kits available, multiple expansion packs. For They don't make a game that it works for. It's a weird decision. It's. I think they're just capitalizing on like hole in the market right so yeah because there were at the time there weren't a lot like there was a period about a year or two ago where there weren't many companies doing the mdf and it really took off aggressively i think i think the style that they have for their their uh tables as well is very reminiscent of forge world um where it's kind of got the octagon shapes and stuff yeah, but it's, it's a lot of their modular like because um, a lot of it's kind of those like central hallways and then like the long paths and mm-hmm. towers um forge world where it was Imperial Armor, what, three or four? The Anephalon Project? I think that was four. Where it had those totally badass, like, corridors and Tyranid dissection else. tables. And, that was an yeah. amazing set of scenery that I think really helped inspire a lot of these other companies, and it shows. Like, they're. Yeah. Right? Like, this, they they this used is... great reference material and found a way to make it significantly cheaper. Yes. <laughs> so, another really cool thing Spartan does is that even though they don't have the most detailed um, pieces for the MDF itself, they do also include a handful of these neat little clear plastic, uh, yeah, either tinted like green for consoles and that kind of thing to add just a little bit more detail and a little bit more character onto the kits that they make. Yeah, some of the other companies are, because effectively um, the, the same laser etching tools that work on the MDF, a lot of them work on the acrylic as well, supposedly. Yeah. So they're using the same tools with a different material. So a number of the companies that do Infinity compatible scenery have those neat little computer consoles and like little I don't know, just random little flashy uh, like fluorescent colors. Yeah, like it's thing. it's yeah. a really cool way to yeah. add some flash to your table without any extra real work on your part. Like it's it's pretty cool. I, I can definitely get on board with that. So another company worth talking about at the same time because I think the both the cost and the quality is very comparable is the MicroArt Studios. Yes. And the war symbol stuff. It's all a bunch of the same MDF that's been laser cut, uh, maybe a little bit of detail put into it. You do still have to paint it all yourself. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so, is there anything else you want to talk about with these particular products before we start grading them? I've, I haven't worked with the other ones at all, so I've Well, just, it's all kind of a I'm, it's, I'm it's telling you the mics where it's basically comparable. Yeah. So, we could probably grade all this stuff in one go. Yeah. Um, you're saying foreground for separate? Yes. Foreground yeah. is pre-painted. That's different. Cool. Uh, one of the things that I think is really important in a lot of cases with the MDF um, scenery is because a lot of it is just laser etched into a single layer of MDF, it can look really flat. So there are some companies that are doing a lot with like multiple thinner layers. Like it's not just one piece. It's multiple Oh yeah, this layers. is going to be foreground and this is going to... Absolutely. And some of the other companies are doing it too, where they have like multiple layers of extra pieces that you add on and stack up. Like a CNC, oh, what is it? Like CNC Workshop or something? Yeah. We if they don't ever release the yet. coolest stuff that's out there, then I'll be happy. Yeah, they've got some fan freaking tastic designs that they've shown off on their Facebook page that aren't put up on the web store yet. So that is definitely something I'm looking at adding to my collections. There's almost a bit of like a Borderlands theme to some of their uh, terrain ranges. It is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. A lot of it has those multiple layers. Like you'll have 
the wall. Then you'll have another layer for a door frame. Then you'll have another layer for like a little security hand scanner at the corner of the door. So it breaks up that illusion of like the flat, or not even the illusion of flatness because it's literally flat for some other companies. So I think it's something to keep an eye out for with a lot of these ranges is if you can find one that has a little bit more of the layering to break up the flatness, it will go a long way and it'll be easier to paint. It'll have more detail to pick out and it'll, it'll just make the scenery just pop a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So in general, the MDF stuff for pucks? In general, I'm really starting to come around on it. The first couple of times that I saw the MDF, it was like, oh, it's not going to replace the plastic. It's not going to replace the, the resin. Some of the things that have a little bit more of the surface texture. But yeah, at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff looks quite good. It's modular. It's reasonably lightweight. Um, it's durable. And at the end of the day, there's lots of good companies that are doing these extra levels of detail. Like it's, it has come a long way, even just in the last year or two that the products have really been prominently you know around so how many pucks oh yeah that's what we're getting at uh, at the end of the day i'd probably give it a four because it it doesn't quite have the same level of detail of like resin casting and some of the other techniques but at the end of the day you can do lots of cool things with it there's lots of variety lots of modularity to it and and it's pretty inexpensive yeah oftentimes yeah a lot of it is quite inexpensive so it does seem to be a quality product that i'm really coming around on for sure i'm gonna actually go with like a, a three and a half because it's really good, it's really sturdy, but you know what? You're going to do a lot of work on it for painting. Yeah, it's not easy to put together. It, it fits really well once it's there, but it's not easy to put together. And it is a little flat. But everything else about it is really good. Those are just things you have to look at when you're buying it. Are you willing to put the time in to make this look good? Because you're going to have to put time in to make it look well. I'm going to give it a three. Uh, again, it's flat, so you're going to have to be able to work with flat surfaces for painting. Um, that's the big thing, right? So if you don't know how to airbrush or... Sponge or weathering sponge, pigments. Yeah. Or dry brushing will not work on huge flat surfaces. We talked yeah, about that is so. not what it's really ideal for. Right? So, I mean, you have to paint them, uh, assembly... Did you say that you, it came with instructions or it was missing? Oh, the, the instructions were quite hideous, actually. That's, yeah, uh, yeah okay, down to three. <laughs> <laughs> so that's for the Spartan one specifically. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, large flat surfaces you have to paint. Very limited for the systems. Again, only like two real systems that you can play with it. 40K, well, Necromunda. So the 40K universe. <laughs> infinity. And Infinity, right? So Well, um, on some of the micro-art stuff you can also use for other game systems. But typically... There are some of the more obscure other game systems, too. Like some of the Merc stuff, it's very similar. Yeah. If I, think, I ever get around to finishing writing up a rule set for Borderlands-y stuff, it would play. be perfect for like Hyperion you know, cities. Yeah. Opportunity. I think the biggest like difference with a lot of this stuff is that because it is actually easier to produce, you it get a lot cheap. more specific scenery. So you'll find stuff where it's more specifically suited for this game or that game or another game. Sure, sure, right? But I mean, like, for bang for my buck, like, if I was looking for 40k terrain, then it would be a different rating system, right? If yep, we're just rating enough. terrain, I'd still give it a 3. Okay. And for m the most part, I'm probably in the same boat looking for about a 3. And the 4, I'm just going to go ahead and say it would go to the one company that I think is doing the the foam or the hardboard stuff, the MDF best quality, which would be the foreground, which we'll talk about right now. Um, so these guys, not only do they do the MDF, but they also do it pre-painted. And they do it in a really unique way, where what they do is that they'll have a sheet um, that'll be all one color, 
and various parts will pop out of that sheet. So they can actually make it relatively cost-effective. Some of the really big buildings will, st will get up into that $150 range, but it's for a piece of scenery that would take up the majority of a Malifaux table of super detailed interior and exterior. Yeah, they, the product range for them alone is you know a very serious advantage for them. They have, in addition to having like multiple genres and multiple scales, they just have everything from the tiny little outhouses up to you know, frontier log cabins and towers and... And even like a gigantic, massive hotel. Yeah, the giant, like, bar rooms and hotels and storefronts and, like, Old West banks and stuff like that. And that's just one product line. Yeah, that is mostly just the Dead Man's Hand, I yep. think that's called, that I'm talking about. Yep. Like, it's... They have an extensive variety. As well, they have accessories. Like, you can buy... You can buy, like, armoires. You can buy, like... Stools, Stools tables. and chairs and tables and... Like countertops for the stores and like shelving racks, like you can buy huge amount of accessories for these things, and it's like it's actually incredibly cool. Just like sorting through their catalog, absolutely. And the nice thing about it too is that it is highly detailed because not only are they etching, at, like they're, not, they're etching out um, all of the details for you. And like the one we're looking at right here is one of the uh, French front frontier cabins, and it's got brick that's multiple colors for the chimney it's got a different color wood for the exterior versus the interior it's got different color wood for the window panes on the inside it's got interior detail for the chimney and this thing which is what's that probably about four four inches by four inches footprint yeah about that four, yeah, somewhere around there yeah with the with the with the, with, with the balcony right yeah four by uh, five four by five ish um two stories with tons of detail, was it ended up costing me under forty bucks? So, considering you don't have to, you're paying, for, but you are paying a little bit more. But you're getting better quality, and you're getting it pre-painted. So, I mean, they're you doing, are. Yeah. they're doing that layering effect that I was talking about, where like they don't just have the one layer with the wood. They have like the wood, the window frame, the the shutters on the window. They have that layered three D effect that really breaks up the flatness really well. Yes. So they're they're definitely, I think, doing some of the better um, MDF construction techniques out there for sure. Yeah. So let's just say I've already got more of this on order that I can't wait to pick up tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's just kind of wrap this. So up quickly. really quickly. So which game systems would you recommend these for? Um, well, probably not 40k for log cabins. No, but a lot of this stuff would work really Frontier well world. for. Well, anything in Frontier. So if anyone played Legends of the Old West, uh, Malifaux, they do. Uh, it would work really well. This kind of stuff would probably also work well enough for War Machine. Um, they do yep. also have yep. fantasy buildings. So it's a different range, um, but would work really well for Warhammer Fantasy, more aggressively for War Machine or those kind of games. Uh, like I was saying before, because they do have more variety in the range, a lot of the scenery is a little bit more specific, and that's why I would probably end up giving it a 4 instead of a 5, like for Battlefield in the Box. But if you are playing a very specific game, and you want to have that more characterful scenery, and you want to do it for... You're going to spend money on a table for this stuff because it's not super cheap when you're spending 40 bucks per building. Um, but yeah, you, if you're covering a table in it, it will add up on you, but you're going to get a good-looking table. Yeah, you're, you, it's the bang for the buck is amazing. And if you do go direct to the company, I think it's pretty easy to get free shipping off them as well. So That's a bonus. Um, but yeah, so this one specific would really just be for Malifo or uh, War Machine for me. But like I said, you could get more, more versatile things. So four for me, Ward... I'm going to go with a four. Uh, I like that it's pre-painted. Um, colors are 
it's a limited palette for color, right? But yeah. I mean, it's it's still it's done. It's a little bit of assembly. I think um, a little bit of attention with some weathering powders. Yeah, like around like a little bit of dust around like the like on top of the the roofs or whatever. A little bit of like um, you know soot around the chimney. Like ten minutes of work with some like weathering powders that I know a bunch of us all have in our collections now. Oh yeah, you could really make these things spiffy with very little effort. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. So, but I mean, there's still going to be a little bit of effort in systems. Again, you're lim limited to so many systems, so it's going to yeah. go with a four, right? So, actually, I'm going to do the same thing. Just and only giving it a four just because it is very specific. You're buying this for maybe one or two systems, and then if you want more of it, you have to go to a different piece of scenery and buy that instead. But otherwise, what you're getting, the quality, the texture. The layering, it's its well worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I think I gave a four to the other brand, so I think I have to say four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> kind of painted myself into a corner there. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's its really cool looking products. Um, as Tom and I were in the past contemplating running some um, Legends of the Old West and other game systems, it's something that I would consider picking up. So... It, it, would, it would fit with that system for sure. Absolutely. For sure. So. Completely. So the last thing to kind of talk about then is some of the smaller resin companies that do just the more scatter terrain. And I think, Dan, you've been dealing with Secret Weapon Miniatures, some of their stuff? Yeah, I've uh, picked up a number of products from them over the years. Everything from, you know, we've used a couple of their washes. I know Steve has some of their weathering pigments and stuff like that. I, I have them all. Yeah. Oh, nice. you got the full set. Because they actually have an extensive set of washes and pigments. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got... And not just like five... Not just like five colors of mud. Like, they have like purple and turquoise and Okay, orange. so I really <laughs> love that stuff, but we're just going to talk about their scenery. <laughs> but yes. Because that's a topic for another day. So that, I'm just... That's, that's kind of how I got into the company and as they come out with a lot of other scenery like I actually got on board with their Kickstarter which is in the process of shipping so crossing my fingers to get that but they also have a lot of um, like like very matching ranges of scenery and bases as well so you can have um, like a basing theme that matches the terrain for your army that you have on your home table which is awesome but uh, yeah they have a number of um, like obstacles and stuff like uh, barricade wall sets the one that I have is like their junkyard, scrapyard type. Uh, so it's got like these very, very similar actually to those Orc 40k barricades that they came out with. Okay. Where it's kind of the, got that rough, like there's little pieces of like a fighter jet in one. There's like kind of a flipped over, you know, tank turret that's like propped up and all kinds of stuff. It is very cool looking scenery. It's, um, again, it, a lot of it is specifically designed to be two or three inches tall. So for anything that's like, you know, smaller than... I guess anything smaller than like a full-fledged battle tank, like it is line of sight blocking. So it is, it's very practical scenery. They don't really do a lot in the way of buildings or anything like that. A lot of it is, you know, um, like they have some tank traps and some stuff like that. But for the stuff that is available, it is really cool quality. I like the designs and I'm, I really can't wait to get a lot of it painted up because it'll match with some of that other scenery I have beautifully from like the GW Orc stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really cool. I would highly recommend looking it up. Okay. Are they doing? Uh, are they doing the X-wing panels? X-wing panels? I, I thought they were doing like Death Star panels. I don't think so. There, there is a Kickstarter out there that was doing like twelve-inch panels that they kind of have that you know Death Star-looking texture on them and the trench and all kinds yeah, of other stuff. I thought that was Secret Weapon. It wasn't Secret Weapon. It was somebody else, oh. and I didn't really look too closely into it because buying enough tiles to do a full table would have been like hundreds of dollars. Because <laughs> you don't really think about it, but a 36-inch table is nine 12-inch tiles. So yeah. if each tile is like 30 bucks, suddenly you're pricing yourself out of the market fairly quickly. 
Gotcha. I think they might have even. It was, I can't remember the exact price. I'm trying, but it was it was hundreds of dollars to do a table. I haven't worked with secret weapons at all. Are pre-painted, non-painted? Uh, it's basically just the light gray Forge World style resin. Okay. And uh, Mr. Justin, who is the I believe owner and basically the guy who's the, the face of the company, he is an absolute perfectionist lunatic for casting quality. Like um, every now and then, the company does. They call it like I think bag of crap. Where it's literally just stuffed to the gills, Ziploc bags oh, yeah, full okay, of yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. bases and scenery, where it's their rejected quality control stuff, and it has like two bubbles in it. On the bottom that you can't even yeah, see. Yeah, and most top. of them are on the bottom. Occasionally it's like, if it's on an edge or a flat, you know, flat surface or whatever, but like, it is very high, even their rejects are very high quality for the most part, and... Yeah. It's it's you know fairly priced. I, I really like the designs. I really like the you know the ethos of the company. It's very community focused, and you know Mr. Justin has a lot of little uh, painting tutorials and hobby tips and everything else. It's I, I like everything about that company. So okay, gotcha. So and I think we can extrapolate this a little bit. Um, the company aside, there's dozens of companies out there that make small resin scatter scenery. Yeah. And yeah, everything make from, sure. like, Forge World still does a lot of that stuff. Yep. They don't do necessarily all the full scale. Uh, there's, like, Novus Industries, or Novus something. I know Novus uh, MicroArt Studio does some of the stuff as well. Yeah, they do some of the resin as well as, like, the hard foam injection molding stuff. There's, there's a large variety of companies for sure. The biggest thing I would recommend when looking into this kind of stuff uh, is just be careful of casting quality. Uh, yep. And check out the products before you take them home. Because you can run into some issues with some of these smaller companies with some really weird cast jobs. Yeah, I would I would not be too nervous at all about secret weapon miniatures, but some of the other ones that I've never dealt with, you, it's maybe a little bit more of a question mark. And then the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that there are some companies that will do individual pieces, like you could buy six separate barrels, and there's other companies that will do kind of a... A glob of six barrels stuck together? Yeah. <laughs> and if you are wanting it to be more usable scenery immediately, the globs stuck together are typically a little bit easier to work with. So easier to paint too, rather than. And a lot of times they're cheaper too because it's a one it's a one piece cast. mold instead of having yep. like a more complex casting structure. So I do recommend that stuff, especially if you are getting just wanting to get more scenery on your table quicker. Yep. So for the small cast resin stuff, what do you guys think, Ward? I'm gonna go with a three point five. Again, typically smaller, smaller stuff. Not uh, you would need more of it for completing a, a huge table if you're depending on what game system. I, don't, I can't talk. Oh my god, Mike! Is really? News. <laughs> All right, on to Mike. I'm gonna go with three just because I hate painting <laughs> resin terrain. Less terrain, but you can just dry brush it. and It's fine. You, you really went there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. It's been a while since we've had a dry brush joke. Son of a, yeah, because <laughs> he wasn't on last week. <laughs> but I don't know. It's for me. It's probably a little bit too hard to give a single rating to all the separate companies, like because the prices do vary. Then do a quick one for the ones you love and the ones you don't. The one that I do have by far the most experience with is Secret Weapon Miniatures, where I give them a five. Like they have excellent quality service. The you know the quality assurance or like quality control of the actual products is really high. I've never had any problems with them. They have great communication on the websites and everything. Like They're a great company to deal with. The prices are good. The quality's there. Can't go wrong. Uh, some of the other ones, I've looked at a bunch of their stuff but never pulled the trigger. So I think at the end of the day, just like do your, like anything buying online, do your research. See if you can find some reviews, like some actual hands-on from people who've worked with it. And um, make sure you're getting something that's going to be worth whatever the various price tags are going to be. Okay. 
I think there's one other company that I was showing to Tom the other day that I want to mention really quick. It is... Don't I get to read the previous thing? No. (laughs) Go ahead. Um, I'm too eager. I'm just going to go with General 4 for that stuff because it's... Oftentimes, it's really neat. You get a lot more crazy detailed scenery in from those companies for than sure you would way, anyone else. For sure, it's way more detailed than a lot of the plastic or MDF. Like, resin casting, you can get away with a lot more detail, for sure. And oftentimes, the resin stuff is not that expensive, either. Yeah, it, it varies pretty wildly from one company to the next, but a lot of it is very affordable. Except for the company that I want to mention very briefly. Tabletop Scenery. Tabletop World. Their scenery is... On a whole other level, it is all this. Um, it's I believe everything on the website is fantasy, like fantasy it's, slash historical oriented. Yeah, uh, you could use it for War Machine. So again, yep. uh, it doesn't really have the steampunky effect, but it has the like, you know, just like the the wooden mm-hmm. pillars and yeah, sure. Like it, it's very medieval, I guess. Like very European, um, like old timey stuff. It is absolutely fantastic. The stonework on a lot of on all their buildings is actual individually cut hand pieced together stone it's not like a simulated texture did you see Tom it write it amazing. down after no yeah because I showed him I was like oh yeah, yeah we, we, have, we have to yeah he this. reminded me of that one <laughs> so it was, was going to be mentioned because cool. I was like oh crap there's I'm like I'm like there's something else that I need to talk about yeah, yeah there's stuff it is it is definitely a lot higher on the price scale like a lot of their a lot of their products are in that like 50 60 euros range they're not cheap but they are incredible detail they have full like amazing interior details on a lot of the buildings you can buy burlap sacks you could buy uh wheelbarrows you can buy tons it's it's like a man's dollhouse like just they're nerd dollhouses it's what they really are crazy the amount of detail so i mean for me this would be more of like once you've been in the hobby for a while and you've you've or if you're just made of money made of money would also work <laughs> but i mean like the the fact is that you have to paint it yourself yeah uh, they are highly detailed they're a little bit more expensive i, I would i've say actually heard that they're so incredibly detailed that they become very difficult to paint like there's so much detail on the models that getting paint into all the cracks is in itself a challenge Ke- like, kevin b has some and yeah. george has some as well and they they love the the kits for sure so I think if I was to make a recommendation for these products, having seen a bunch of them, find one you like, buy it, and have that as your centerpiece piece of scenery for your table. And, and spam the shit out of them on forums and everywhere to make the abandoned factory. They discontinued it, and it was my favorite, and I never it got is one. the nicest and possibly the most versatile because it'll work the best for games ranging anywhere from Warhammer Fantasy up to Malifaux. It has that little hint of steampunk in it. Yeah has a hint of steampunk in it that would make it it's got like uh, the metal ductwork and a boiler on the back and oh, stuff like that yeah, it yeah. would work so beautifully it reminds me of my favorite scenery piece from the Mordheim rulebook did you see the new and I never got to buy it did you see the new windmill I have oh, oh, the, oh, the windmill so itself is so good hang on <laughs> oh yeah hey okay all our listeners hang on for a second while yep. Lord brings this up and to show me yeah Oh, that's pretty gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> so dismissive until he actually it's, sees the picture. It's awesome looking stuff. But it's like, expensive and takes a lot of work. And I would have to find, if I bought the windmill, I'd have to find some like ridiculous like Andrea miniatures or some Don Quixote model. Yeah. So he could fight it. So I'm going to just, <laughs> to make, because we're already going to be, this is going to be way over time today. But uh, I'd like to just go and say, if you are willing to put in the time for these ones to make them look pretty and have the money, it's no question of five. But based on how expensive it is and how much effort it will take to paint, 
kind of rating it relative to other manufacturers, I got to bring it down to a three. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, I just really like the level of detail. I'm excited to clean those models. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, well, I mean... Yeah, okay. Well, no, but based right. on detail alone, it's a five, no questions right? asked. Right? But, like, relative to other things that are much easier to get, as, much cheaper... As a tournament organizer, would I do that? No. Hell no. no. Not <laughs> at all, right? This this is, this is would be my elite stuff. This would be Your my... private fun, collection. This would be my fine china of terrain that would only come out on special so only yeah only your good friends would ever get to play on it you exactly. wouldn't trust random, you get to see yeah. it no random scrubs allowed to no, play yeah. on this oh you're uh, yeah i'm not bringing that out here we can use this generic stuff yeah so. <laughs> second <laughs> card buildings thanks dan i know where i ring <laughs> um, but yeah no i i would still give it a four just the sheer level of detail i'm i'm okay with with painting and putting in that extra time and effort because, again, they would be showpieces of my terrain collection. Yep. Mike? Three. I just way too much pain for terrain. <laughs> I, I just don't like terrain. That's just me, though. Okay, and Dan? Uh, I'm so in love with their stuff, but the price tag is a very limiting factor. It's, it's hard to give it more than a fork because they are head and shoulders the best quality, but also equally separated from the pack in terms of price like they are and uh, effort they're a very premium product like in mm -hmm. in a hobby that is rich with premium products they stand out as being like a luxury item so that is definitely not a point in their favor but the quality is amazing highly recommend it if you have extra dollars and you do play fantasy systems it would be a gorgeous addition to your uh your collection okay and Spam the shit out of them to make the abandoned factory again. <laughs> so God. I can buy one. <laughs> so I guess our, the very last thing we'll talk about, Mike. Do you want to talk about any of the end scale scenery that you've been getting for drops? Ah, uh, yeah, sure. It's uh, it's I'm getting it from uh, Kato. Uh, it's a Japanese company, um, and well, they it's all downtown large skyscrapers that I've got. Um, the price sounds a little pricey. It's sixty five bucks for one of the biggest buildings, but this is about a. Uh, five by five area footprint and it's approximately 11 centimeters high so centimeters this, or inches i uh, sorry inches sorry 11 inches. Centimeters, that's a big difference 11 centimeters is pretty tiny sorry <laughs> 11, 11 10 to 11 inches depending upon which one you get but i mean it's painted it's put together it's got windows it's got shop decals on the inside yeah, there's it. it's, there's a level of detail that you're not getting Anywhere else, it's obviously a very different scale yes, or a different, different scale. type of detail from something like a tabletop world. Yeah, but for drop zone for like Robotech, those, Robotech, those for types of teams. Oh, it could oh, very, oh look at that! Yeah, can't wait to use my jump jets and climb up all in those buildings. <laughs> for those particular I'm show ones, you my scales, <laughs> they are excellent, perfect, and well worth the time. But it is a little higher than some of the other priced buildings that you can get. Yeah, they'll cost a little bit more than yeah. your cardboard scenery for drop zone. The nicest thing about it is that you do not have to put in any effort whatsoever to make this stuff fully functional and. And table ready. Yeah, you open the box, you slam it on the table, you're ready to roll. It's that that simple. And the good thing about it, if you're really crazy and like to do things, you can pop the bottom off and throw some LEDs into. Oh, and, that's a neat concept. And since it's actual windows and actual floors, 
You can so have you can have lighting like, effects. You can have like the flickering orange LEDs if you want to have like a flaming ruined building, or like or that. the flashing red and have maybe a couple of small miniatures silhouetted in the background. Yes, you can certainly do that with this. Can you have like a Christmas party and it's like Home Alone and there's like people dancing and singing? In <laughs> well, oh, that, that would be that, cool. That I, was th- I was thinking because it's a tall building, it could be like Christmas time and like you have somebody flying out of like a window. Sorry, Hans Gruber. Wow! <laughs> yeah, this took a dark hard, turn. Die hard? Oh man, Tom. Okay, that was oddly specific. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that wraps up the scenery talk. For do you want to give it a pucks? Oh yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it a four just because you gotta you gotta pay for it, and it doesn't have a large footprint. But for what it, you can use it for, which would be drop zone, uh, Robotech, when it ever comes out, and uh, Battletech, Battle that everyone Tech. plays. Yeah, there's there's a lot of game systems in that like six to ten millimeter range that these buildings would work amazingly well for. Yeah, so absolutely, you would get some versatility out of it for sure. Yeah. Uh, How many bucks, Dan? Um, I've only seen pictures of the stuff, so I don't really want to give it too much. It looks great, but I've only seen a couple of photos of Mike, so it's hard to really knife to you. How many bucks? Uh, four. It's really awesome, but expensive. I'm in the same boat. Four. Three point five. Done. Okay. <laughs> now we've wrapped up our scenery bit. Yay! Um, at least as far as which ones to look into buying, let's do a little bit of uh, a. It'll be a very brief uh, hobby break this time around. We're just going to give out a few tips for painting scenery. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right. This, this is this is Mike's bane. Remember. Why is it Mike's Mike, Bane? Mike can just say buy Battlefield in a box and then it's yeah, already yeah, 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 and then it's done. Go, so. But uh, just to kick things off, I would say my biggest piece of advice for painting scenery is do not try to get more adventurous with techniques than realistically like dry brushing washes, maybe some airbrushing, uh, and just try and keep it simple. I'm going to do a non-metallic metal city fight building just to spite you. Bad. Non-metallic you know chrome on every fucking rivet. That's, 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 that's a poor life Please choice. do. Because <laughs> that is not despite me. <laughs> you would be the one suffering. That's very true. That's very true. But most of the good scenery has a lot of detail already on it, so things like dry brushing goes a long way. <sighs> dry brushing to a point. If there's detail, yeah, absolutely. But like large flat surfaces. Yeah, the MDF, I would to... say, is probably more airbrush and sponge. Yeah, yeah. airbrush and sponge for sure. And weathering totally. pigments work on anything no matter what. Yep. If you're using a fixer or a varnish to secure it, it won't all fall off. So I think pigments are something I'm definitely looking to explore. Especially because Secret Weapon Miniatures, um, they've had a bunch of... Fanboy! It's true, but they've, it's very topical, because they've, um, as they're gearing up for the launch of the Tablescape stuff, which is, I think, just available for order to the general public now, as of, like, Monday, I think? Oh. But, um, yeah, so they're actually, they have some painting tutorials by... Oh, shit, who is it? I, I think it's one of the, like, prominent painters, like a Matthew Fontaine or something. It might not be actually Matthew Fontaine but it's high that point. level of like really high level painting and it's everything from like airbrushing dry brushing pigment washes oil washes it goes through all these steps and gives a lot of really useful tips for not only how to make it look good but how to get the modular tiles to work well together so it's it's a great little tutorial series hmm. okay and a lot of it involves those weathering pigments which I'm I've never really used on scenery much before but uh I'm really looking forward to giving it a shot now that I've had these really cool-looking um, tutorials for products that I actually own, so it's not like you're trying to import something from a different genre or whatever. Like, it's a direct 
one-to-one comparison. It's going to be a lot of fun when those get here. That's cool. One thing that I saw that was really neat um, from the Tale of Painters is when they did that really cool second-ed scenery where they took... Oh, the, yeah. It, basically, what they did is they took the Cities of Death stuff and made exact analogs of the footprints of the old-school card scenery from the second-ed... And painted uh, it using the corresponding color schemes with the gray and the, like, vomit brown... But what they did that was really neat is they airbrushed the gray and the vomit brown and then did, it looked like an entire dry brush of bleach bone over everything. Yeah, I think it was after doing like some careful zenithal highlights or whatever for the base coats. Yeah, I think it was just a bleach bone dry brush over the entire surface. So it blended the colors together. Bleach bone dry brushed over gray actually looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. I would so, argue it looks better than white. Yeah, because white a lot of time, it has that very flat, very, um, you know, flat color to it for yep. lack of a better word and the bone just gives it that little bit of like tonal variety and yeah it blends everything together it looks dusty it looks it's a very unifying look it looked really for something that's simple it looked very effective so applying this to more scenery painting is if you are picking out a lot of the different sections in a solid color and then you can do this dry brush of something like a bleach bone over everything to do a quick paint job that looks really good yeah, and it would be, like, your return on investment for doing a little bit of extra work, it would give you a lot of extra quality. So that that would be an excellent tip. I would agree with that. Uh, Dan, do you want to talk about sponging? Uh, sponging. I know it's something that Steve <laughs> is very amped about for scenery painting because it's basically just dry brushing on steroids where you can get, um, like, pretty much the only type of sponge that we tried and didn't work was Mr. Clean Magic Erasers because they <laughs> just kind of dissolve as you're dabbing them on models and do weird things. But... Um, yeah, there's from actual art stories you can buy like different style of like hunks of sponge with different textures on them. You can get just like blister pack foam from yeah. you know buying any number of manufacturers that still use it. But at the end of the day, you're doing a very rough analog to dry brushing. But because there's the actual texture on the sponge itself, it can get you a lot of that textured effect by dabbing it onto flat surfaces that you wouldn't get with dry brushing. So it's it's a very quick and dirty way to get very similar effects to dry brushing that look good even on things that are probably a little too flat to dry brush. And the one of the things that uh, we did a batch of for one of the tournaments recently were some of those like Witch Fate Tour, Dreadstone Blight, like um, Fantasy Towers. And the difference between the ones that were dry brushed manually and carefully done and washed and all the rest of it, like the ones I was doing for myself, the difference between those and the ones that were being sponge painted in like 10 minutes was kind of upsetting because <laughs> I was spending hours on mine and they were looking a little bit better, but they didn't look like I spent 10 times as much time on them. <laughs> so the sponging is an excellent quick and dirty way uh, to, to get the texture on relatively smooth surfaces. So just to elaborate, when you're sponging, are you kind of loading the sponge much like you would dry brushing and then wiping a lot off? Or do you leave more on the sponge than when you would dry brush? Um, I think it's maybe a little bit more paint on the sponge than your standard dry brush because a lot of good dry brushing when you're doing it obviously by brush, you're barely dusting the model to avoid getting the streakiness and everything. Whereas with the sponges, you're probably leaving a little bit bit more paint on and doing like a dab as well because... It's such a like coarse texture that if you're doing the dragging on it, it's not always ideal. Like you're kind of doing a mix of stippling and dabbling and dry brushing and all like other things. So you're kind it's, of just mashing it into there. You're smashing paint to use the term <laughs> to use the term that we were quite fond of uh, whenever we do these like you know tournament prep uh, scenery bashes. Like you smash paint and it looks almost as good as if you're meticulously doing it by hand. So it is. 
a fantastic way to just bang out some scenery, get some texture, a little bit of highlighting and shading on there with minimal, minimal effort. It's I approve of this. <laughs> <laughs> this has changed Mike's life. So, Ward, you've painted a lot of scenery uh, running Onslaught. Uh, do you have any tips or tricks for doing it? Uh, go with what you know. Uh, washes are really nice because, again, it'll give you definition right away in your models depending on what kits you're buying. Uh, Battlefield and Box, this is a good way to overcome all of this. <laughs> That's why they're a five. That's why they're a five. Um, Who didn't give them a five? I think it was Oh, some asshole. I think it was you. I want to give them a five. There was the only you. one that I gave them a five. Oh, I can't remember these things. That was literally minutes ago. If, if you're wondering, just rewind a couple minutes and you'll figure it out. But... But fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get cut from the podcast. <laughs> he was the weakest link. <laughs> Steve would have gave him a two. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, go with what you know. Washes are really good. Uh, unifying dry brush colors are also really good. Um, yeah, the, bo- the bone... For some reason, it, it just gives you that worn feel compared to like a white dry brush, right? Yeah, it's so. just a little bit dusty. It, white is too yeah. clean, is why. Is yeah. the the bone makes it look like a little bit of dirt mixed in, and it's it natural. natural. Yes, it's a it's, color. It's that got you're a brown, see. a little bit of a brown in there. Which How is often do you see pure white in the environment? You don't. That's why it works with the bone. Unless you live in Canada, and then certain months of the year you see a lot of white. It's six fewer, to seven. Fewer months six than you to think. Because that, that snow gets dirty. The second, the second that stuff starts to melt, it turns that god-awful brown. <laughs> it's, it's dirty quick. Um, <laughs> I haven't used a lot of uh, weathering powders yet on terrain, um, but I have a feeling, like, yeah, right away that'll, again, make certain areas pop. And I'm not, I'm not totally convinced that um, weathering pigments would be necessarily the technique for Ward's turn in, or you know scenery collection, because so much of it is... You know, pulled out for tournaments all the time, and weathering pigments, Rub even off. when they're fixed and um, you know used with the proper fixer, used with varnish, they still do wear off a little bit more easily than paint. So, for something that you're keeping around the house and like personal use scenery, this stuff would be amazing. I'm not totally convinced that it's the way to go for tournament organizers. No. Yeah, but right? but that, that that's that's fair. Exactly. You're not. I'm not smashing paint on my own stuff. I'm taking my time, being a little bit more meticulous. I can. Add those like little extra details and buy a wheelbarrow if I want and add <laughs> it on. That's our yeah. thing, right? So okay. The, in, in mentioning the, the pigment, you should give the pro tip to make sure you do it over a large piece of paper and throw that paper in the garbage because if you get pigments on the rug, there you are all over the Yeah, place. you're in trouble at that point. <laughs> so pigments are definitely something to be always be careful of because they are wickedly strong for the amount of volume. You get a hell of a lot of strong color that is a pain in the ass to clean. Yeah, I've actually got specific pajama pants that I only bust out for pigmenting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah really, awesome. people Pig, really is that bad. Yeah, pigment pants. Um, <laughs> the the last thing that I would like to say uh, in regards to painting scenery, do a three color minimum. Just uh, like your models, yeah. Just like your models, and realistically, it's going to be your main color, your accent, and then a few little details. And a lot of scenery that I see is really is just the two colors, the main and then the accent, and for the amount of time and effort it takes to... It could be as simple as one layer of paint on a few things on the piece of scenery. It makes it exponentially cooler looking. Just getting that contrast. And choosing your colors carefully makes a big difference too. Like actually put thought into the colors you're putting on your scenery instead of just, well, brown, pink, 
<laughs> Green. Yeah, pink, and pink buildings don't really cut it. For what? Me. And if you do whoa, happen... Whoa, whoa, what? What about metallic <laughs> pink buildings? That's different. That would be very cool. Very slanesh <laughs> Who painted that one? Did, that's actually a thing that exists Yeah, there was a metallic <laughs> pink building when we were working at Games Workshop that someone painted. Did Jason fuck up? It was either Jason or Jordan. <laughs> I can't remember who. I don't know why I would think Jason... Jason hated painting, so I think he tried... Well, he might have sabotaged it he so he didn't have work anymore. So that way, that way he never got asked to paint any more buildings. Yeah, I it's possible. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just repressed that memory, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, any last kind of quick tips? Because we're already going pretty long, so we don't need to go into too much detail. Uh, I, I don't have anything else. If, if the listeners have any questions, they by all means can post on our Facebook page and ask us or send us an email and we might get to answering it. Totally. Okay. Maybe. Might. Yeah. One of those. <laughs> All right. Wow. Okay. This is really petering out. <laughs> okay. So, uh, before we get into the upcoming events, I do have one little pro tip that I would like to share with you. And that is when you are cleaning your resin models, <laughs> there is one proper way to do this and one proper way only so for those of you who don't know resin models typically have a little bit more of a release agent on them which if not removed will make it harder for paint to adhere even after a primer has been applied absolutely flaked right off when, when, yeah even once it's applied then it'll bubble and cause paint to all bad so what you do is you take two bowls one bowl has warm soapy water the other bowl has cold has cool water you put them in the warm soapy water, maybe give them a little scrub with a toothbrush, and then put them in the cold, non-soapy water to rinse off. Then you can dry them and everything's happy. Do not <laughs> ever do this over top of a sink. Take the models, as the small parts, as far away from a faucet and a drain as humanly possible because you may drop valuable parts that you've been waiting two years for down the drain. <laughs> Luke, uh, come on, man. <laughs> that is an excellent pro tip. I approve. Oh, man. There's, there's been a couple of close calls for me, but uh, yeah, after you told me the story, I was like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, suffice it to say, Arena Rex is I, delayed. I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad that he's cleaning his models. that's That's true (laughs) so good job with the painting lately but dude like come on (laughs) pull your head out of your ass (laughs) Uh, okay so uh, the last thing to talk about today is going to be some upcoming events so uh, first and foremost there's going to be on November 15th uh, at the Strathern United Church in Edmonton is the Rolling Dice-a-thon and this is going to be a fundraiser for uh, diabetes actually so what's going to end up happening is there's going to be a bunch of tables there there's going to be some scenery already um, supplied if you have something more specific like infinity you're going to play or maybe dystopian wars it might be beneficial to bring it like a specific mat or some more scenery Um, and they'll be accepting donations to go towards the diabetes the Diabetes Foundation, I believe. I yes, believe so. Yeah. Uh, if that's a specific one, um, and then you can also use donations to buy rerolls in your games. It's going to be more of just like a gaming free for all, just kind of a good chance for everyone in the community to get together, play some games, uh, and raise money for a good cause. 
And from what I understand, there's also going to be demos for a bunch of the games happening, so it's a great opportunity for you to come out and check out games that you may or may not have had a chance to play already. So I highly recommend attending. There's, uh, there's an event right up on pretty much like almost all the Edmonton war game groups. So Edmonton Warhammer has it, Dystopian Wars. Out of the Basement has it. There's, yeah. I saw dozens go up simultaneously. Yeah. So check check your local events page or yeah, Facebook, page. The Facebook page for the events and it should be in there. Totally. Uh, the next one coming up after that is going to be on November 22nd and this is going to be at All-Star Sports and Collectibles. I'm going to be running a 50 Soul Stone Gaining Grounds Malifaux tournament. Uh, there's going to be no painting required, but there are going to be trophies for painting, and there's a good chance that moving forward after this event, we will be doing full painting required for all the Malifaux stuff. This just gives a chance for some of the guys who are just getting into the game to come out and play regardless. Um, we'll also be having prize for the tournament winner and for best sport, and uh, we should be bringing out a lot of cool scenery for it from some of our collections, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it starts at uh, 10 a.m. on the Saturday, so... You might even see some of the foreground terrain that we were reviewing today. I guarantee you will. And some of the Deep Cut Studios maps that we reviewed like six months ago. Awesome. So, and some Zenzi maps that we kind of reviewed six months ago. Anyways, it should be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, 20 bucks to get in, and it should be a blast for everybody. Uh, last but not least, uh, this one's sold out, so if you're not already signed up, <laughs> you, can be, uh, you can be put on the waiting list. Yeah, and there's a good chance there'll be some drops between now and then. It's December 6th, it's also going to be at the Strathon United Church, this one's put on by Brian Sin, and it's the Trifecta of Terror, and this is going to be one of Edmonton's first Masters events, so it's actually going to be a three-list War Machine tournament. Yep. Using Masters-only scenarios, painting is not required. Is it 24 or 32 players, or signed up? 32. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, so it's three-list Masters event, 50 points. Painting is not required, but there will be prizes for painting, uh, as well as best sport, and whoever wins first overall, maybe first, second, third. I don't know exactly. There's prizes, possibly several of them. Yes, uh, so show up. Brian always runs amazing events, uh, lots of cool scenery, and uh, yeah, it and should be a lot of fun. And then out of the basement, Players Pack should be up shortly for their January event? Yeah, uh, it should be up very shortly, yeah. Nice. We've, they've already announced all the games that are happening on what days, so you can start kind of planning now, and that should be also a lot of fun. i got to try to get out of work. Got plenty of time to arrange right something. Now. That's not till January. I know. That's what I'm working on right now, though. So. You can do it. <laughs> I have faith in myself. If I can get off work really? to go to that, you can get off work to go to that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks. You're unemployed. <laughs> 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 Technically, I'm self-employed. Your boss is a hard ass. <laughs> My boss has a hard ass. Oh. This is getting awkward. <laughs> I regret this decision. I gotta, I gotta go home now. Okay, so, um, any last comments for the listeners? Nope. I like Mars bars. I have a giant bowl of Mars bars, so that's a perfect mix. So I mean, Dan, get along. Mars bars. <laughs> okay, so until next time, this has been another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. So paint your fucking scenery, unless you buy Battlefield in a box, in which case you don't have to. Uh, and play some games, have some fun, and we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. See you later. Doodles. <laughs>